0: What's good, everyone? Ball Don't Lie Australia, we're back on this again. Podcast 38, I'm your host Dan Dinellon. Join him as he does every single week, Mel Crawford.
1: The big dog. Nice to have you back in the building, buddy.
0: Yes, all clear. All sickness gone. Beautiful. We're Beautiful. back in the studio. Of course, this episode is brought to you by Step Back. You can check them out on Instagram and all the socials for your vintage sportswear. Coming up this week, we've got a lot on the docket. We're going to break down the Southwest division of the NBA, the offseason that was for Dallas, Memphis, San Antonio, New Orleans, and Houston. Been some big storylines coming out of these franchises of late, so we'll be breaking those down. We then come back to Australia. We're going to do our final NBL offseason breakdown. The two teams remaining, the champs and the new kids on the block. So Melbourne United and the Tasmania Jack Jackjumpers will be having a look at how their rosters have shaped up and how we predict their season will go. Straight after that, huge special guest lined up for you this week. We have mbl one star from the Logan Thunder, Jeremy Kendall, joining the show. Mel and I have been looking forward to this for quite a while, so mm. make sure you stick around for that.
1: NBA one North MVP.
0: The MVP will be in the house, figuratively. Mm, figuratively, <laughs> yep. And to finish off the show, we will be discussing... The cards we've chosen from the pack that Mel is about to open, our Crack'Em segment. Take it away, Mel. All
1: right. Yes, this episode is number 38. Just before we get to uh any idea who might have worn the number 38 in the NBA, mate? There's, I'm looking at the list and I'll be wildly impressed if you could come up with one, to be honest. If you've got any <laughs> ideas, I don't feel bad if you got nothing.
0: trying to think um is there any celtics on there
1: no actually oh,
2: no
0: it's not oh i'll sing also oh, like, there's one i'll sing it of like a eddie house but is he on there
1: uh no <laughs> sorry uh, i don't a- know why he popped into my head <laughs> there's one uh boston celtic on the list sorry he's uh vito favorini he played in twenty
0: fourteen. Oh, geez. I do not I didn't get that. Uh
1: looking at the list, the only name that really sort of stands out um, for me and only for silly reasons would be Kwame Brown, when he played oh, for the yes. Detroit Pistons. It's come back into well, not the light, but just into the noise, if you will. But anyway, off to Crackham. We have a very special pack. It being the last of the month we're going to do a new thing we're going to go a retro crack them. Ooh. yeah we're going back we're going back to 1991 92 and I do pro- these are this pack is still sealed and I don't have scissors so this might get tricky on air but we'll see how we go uh, yeah found them on eBay 91 92 NBA hoops cards so let's see how we go Oh, they are open Oh, mm-hmm. and there's a banger card straight up. Gary Payton. Oh, glove. Yeah. Sonic's jersey. Next one. Ooh, Rod Strickland. Spurs.
0: Yeah. Getting some point guard love. I like yeah.
1: this. Uh, Antoine Carr in a Kings jersey. Clyde Drexler
0: in a Blazers. Card packs used to be so good.
1: Hmm. Uh poor. Liddell Eagles in a <laughs> Washington Bullets jersey. Big name, big name that one. Uh Rolando Blackman in a Dallas Mavericks mm. retro green.
0: Wouldn't have been retro then, No. no. That's just Dallas Mavericks. Oh, hello. Screen.
1: Uh Minute Bowl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I heard he's really tall, that guy.
1: Hugely tall. I think he once hit like Four or five threes in a game against Charles Barkley, and Charles Barkley was just like, "No, you can't shoot from out there." And then he just <laughs> kept doing it, right?
0: And if you've never looked up the picture of him in a swimming pool, go look up Minute Bowl swimming pool. You're welcome.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, Nick Anderson, Orlando Magic, with a who's actually blocking John Stockton on a layup. So, yeah, fun fact. Uh, Trent Tucker, New York Knicks.
0: Is that the? Um, News reporter from Family Guy. <laughs> Is that his name? Trent Tucker. Uh, no, Tom Tucker. Tom Tucker, yep. Oh, close. Uh
1: Reggie Feast in a Nets jersey. Again, it's that sky blue. Would now be called retro, but wasn't then. Ah, uh, Hakeem Ooh. Olajuwon. With Dream inside stuff. Rockets card. Oh, hello. Phoenix Suns. Oh, just just a just a Phoenix Suns card. <laughs> just, just just a team card because they used to do that. Man, these packs are massive. Oh, Mike Schuler, the LA Clippers coach because they used to do that too. Then, oh, nice card. We've got an All-Star Weekend card, Patrick Ewing. Oof. And then we've got Magic oh. Johnson in a Milestones card, 91 assists.
0: Who are famously... Used his name in the wrong profession. Is the joke going around? But we Mm. won't get into that tonight. No, no, not tonight. How many cards was that? How that that was was fifteen. That's just
1: the number they used to have back in the day. Was fifteen.
0: So that was a lot of cards. That was got a few. One.
1: That was a few. Yeah, we've got to pick one. But there are some all timers in that in that pack. Mm. So yeah, pretty happy. Pretty happy. We'll circle back to that later, and we'll just pick one card each. One card each, I'm sure. Pretty bonds of Crackham there this evening, but before we jump into the regular show, mate, uh, get any? Did you get up to anything last Friday night?
0: Uh yeah. In, in fact, Mel, we both did, didn't we? Invited, we did, yeah, very yeah. graciously out to the Brisbane Capitals NBL One Awards evening, and we were also lucky enough to uh, interview live. Some players yep. up on stage as they receive their awards. I uh, spoke to some MVPs, Defensive Player of the Years, some outstanding athletes, mm-hmm. our coaches. Uh, it's just genuinely a really enjoyable night, and we even got the opportunity to roast um,
1: a couple of players. So that was that was fun for us.
0: Yeah, um, we definitely didn't do that to any future NBL stars. So. I can't promise that, though.
1: (laughs) Uh, I remember the evening a little differently then, but uh, (laughs) yeah. For those of you who were there, um, yeah, we enjoyed it. Um, But I don't think Acceleration Award winners, Tim Sung and Anthony Kopsika's were huge fans of the more roast style thing that we did. Unfortunately, but that's okay. We'll have them on the show at some point, and we will we'll make it up to them when they come on the show. I'm sure. I'm sure it will all be fine. No feelings were broken. They were hurt, but they weren't broken. And,
0: and they know we love them unconditionally. So it's all. Oh, good.
1: it's totally, all good.
0: totally. <laughs> but pretty amazing uh, way to end the season for. NBL One men and women had their QSL teams there as well, which is the league below the NBL One. Uh, so really great to see the up, upcoming talent in that pool. Uh, shout out to friend of the show, Jake Davis, for winning MVP of the QSL for the Brisbane Capitals. Yes. Mm. yes. there
1: There is a lot of talent in uh, both those QSL One teams.
0: Yeah. Our other friends of the show, Ben Wilson, skipper, taking home the Defensive Player of the Year. So big shout-out to them. Shout-out to all the award winners and a Cameron MVP of the women, Nick Stoddart, MVP of the men. I won't list off all the awards, but they they were the major ones. And just a big congratulations to the players and all the staff involved in a great season. And hopefully they'll have us back again next year. And, you know... After all these mbo one guests we're recruiting to the team, we're going to be pretty stacked now.
1: Yeah. Well, we're, look, mate, we keep hustling. Like We're doing our thing.
0: Someone's going to say yes sooner or later and there'll be an awkward silence on the pod because we won't know what to say to that. But <laughs> no, There that, won't be laughter, though, to say, yeah, maybe.
1: Or just, yes, I've been waiting for someone to reach out. <laughs> like, all right, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, we won't know how to, we'll have to just react in the moment, I guess, because I've got no idea how that's going to go. But
0: <laughs> Yeah, we usually just cop laughter down the other end of the line. But
1: Yeah, shade we can deal with. We're used to <laughs> copying that. That's easy. That's, that's easy, easy.
0: Surely one of these days someone's going to say yes, and when that happens, Brisbane Capitals, you're welcome.
1: Mm, mm. But it was a great night, and big thank you to the Capitals for um, allowing us to take part. Basically mm. it was it was really amazing and um yeah I I even actually got very lucky and took home the door prize a signed Jason kadi and all the bullets uh a bullets jersey from last season so I was very happy with that um
0: friend of the show Jace Kidd Yes yes shout out
1: So very happy to take that I had the uh, choice of that and some other prizes and there was no way the other prizes were coming anywhere near that it was like yep Give me the Khadija jersey. No question. I'll take that 100%.
0: You also brought home a 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers ball that you did not deserve to bring home, but you just had to copy me and brought it home anyway. But that's okay. I I genuinely won my one, so I can sleep peacefully at night with that.
1: uh, Mine was graciously gifted. um, And, yeah, I, I... I won't take any uh, any negative shade on that, mate. Like, it's graciously gifted, and I humbly accepted the offering.
0: So, unfortunately, yours is pumped up, so you can't do this, but I'm going to be trying to get mine sent to Melbourne and signed by a player on that team, the Corona King himself. Yes, Delhi. not the virus, not the virus. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no. Yeah, so hopefully Delhi can sign it for us. That'd be pretty cool. But Oh, wouldn't it? We'll, we'll wait miss. and see in that space. Um, but we do have a big show, Mel. So we better jump in. la. la. All
1: right. Before we jump into the Southwest division, we thought we might just uh, take a moment and uh, touch on old COVID vaccinations. Now, you've had, uh, you're about to have your second shot, yeah?
0: Yeah, mate. Um, You know, this pod is releasing on Thursday morning. I'll be counting down the hours to mid-afternoon and I'll be uh, completing my vaccine journey. So, not really. I'm looking forward to being vaccinated and up to date, but not necessarily looking forward to the aftermath from what I've heard, but we'll see how we
1: go. I'm fully vaxxed on the old fires. And, uh, yeah, second jab... Was it after about eight hours? Oh, It's just for yeah. about the next 24 hours, just really sleepy, really lethargic, really tired.
0: I've got a just, game uh, about five hours after, so it sounds like I'll be right.
1: Yeah, should be fine.
0: <laughs> should a, be fine. Fresh tattoo, second COVID jab. Get me out on the court. I'm ready to go.
1: Oh, if you're... If you're playing against him, get handsy, hands foul, slap oh, that yes. ball out. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, my daughter's already had a crack of that. Uh, <laughs> you know, pretty, pretty colorful picture on my arm is fun to slap at. And yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I bet it gets a reaction.
0: Oh, baby. <laughs> Doesn't tickle. Uh, but just circling back to the COVID vaccines, mm. of course, we encourage everyone to go and get vaxxed without shoving it down people's throats. Um, it is a personal choice, but, you know, it, it's been recommended by health professionals to keep everybody safe to go and get vaccinated, uh, which is why I'm participating in the rounds and I'm sure similar for you, Mel, and we both have families to keep safe and all that yeah, sort of Yeah, look, try and,
1: try and listen to scientists. You know, actual, actual, you know, several degree, very smart scientist people.
0: Yeah, and if you're someone that decides not to get vaccinated, totally your choice. No judgment from me, but just don't jam it down our throats. Like, the amount of... I say this like it's a lot, but maybe two or three people, complete strangers I've never met, have stopped me in shopping centers just, like, telling me to take my mask off because the... Va- uh, not the vaccine, the virus is fake. And, you know, um, actually, when I was... I will not say where I was because it might give away the person to a listener, but I was out somewhere this week and someone walked in and someone that worked at this venue asked if they'd had their, their jabs yet. And they said, no way am I putting that blah, blah, blah into my body. Um, and then he, you know, continued to ramble on about why for an extended period of time. and. I just feel like if, if that's your choice, all good. No judgment from me, but we just don't need it jammed down our throats. Just like I don't jam it down to anyone else's about getting a vaccine. So just wanted to get that off my chest, Mal. Fair enough. Um, that's all right. just mate. really grinds my gears or bangs my backboard, I should bangs say. Bangs your backboard. There you go. It's
1: like <laughs> meat. I, I grew up on a farm. I know exactly where meat comes from, all that kind of stuff. I enjoy a good steak. Love it. Mm. You know, if you don't want to eat meat that's fine just don't you know don't tell me about your life and your i don't tell you about you know all the meat recipes and all this that and the other i'm you know my choices are my own in that (laughs) in that space
0: i know we're getting a bit off topic here but um i i also know where meat comes from i've seen videos i've seen documentaries and that's cool i don't watch that all the time because i can't but i love eating meat But I I got a leg of lamb from a butcher the other day, and it was a lamb leg, hoof, everything. So they just like, I don't know if they cut or snap the bottom half of the leg, and they sort of just fold it all together in one piece. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't appetizing for me. I I cut that extra piece off. (laughs) I got rid of it. There's no (laughs) way in hell I'm cooking a a hoof to eat for dinner. And it's like that lump of meat is just a lump of meat. You attach a, a... leg and hoof to it that's now an animal and i don't like that <laughs> so mm. i got rid of that real quick um but tell you what that lamb was mm, delish <laughs> six hours in the slow cooker loved it Fair enough. um but anyway if people are still listening and we hope you are mm. let's now circle back to the nba yes <laughs> so we've just heard players in new york or based in new york or golden state san francisco will not be able to participate in games in those cities Mm. because of indoor crowd numbers and...
1: State laws and...
0: Mm. I think it's just city law. City law, yep. And rumour has it LA might be following suit soon. You know, this has grabbed some headlines because this is including players like Andrew Wiggins, Kyrie Irving, who definitely keeps his head low in all theories of this matter he's he's pretty good at keeping out of headlines <laughs> but Flat Earth. yeah we we're talking about this off air and it's it's not just 41 games at home they miss no if you work out the maths it's anywhere from 45 to 48 49 depending you know if you're in New York or, or San Fran so that's over half the season these players will miss and you know what what if Brooklyn draws New York in second round of the playoffs. What if the Warriors and Brooklyn make it to the finals? Mm. Like that that's Kyrie out for the whole series. Yeah, gone. That's Andrew Wiggins out for the whole series. A man Mm -hmm. who'll probably be defending Kevin Durant. (laughs) Yep. And Dwight Howard if it if it's LA. Yeah, and it's just like uh, are we going to bend the rules for these athletes? Early suggestions say no. But it'd be very interested to see because that's a lot of games missed. And if it's taking out your marquee players of the league, like a Kyrie Irving, that's only going to hurt the NBA's business. Mm. But at the same time, they've got a duty of care to protect the players, fans, officials, whoever is inside that stadium. So... Interest, interested to see how this pans out. We've already seen here at home in Australia in the NBL teams and players are mutually, in air quotes, parting ways with um, you know, players who are refusing to get vaxxed. So what are your thoughts on this, Mel?
1: Uh, I think the NBA needs to be very careful with it. Although this year they've got a few things they need to be very careful of. They've got any is in playing, and they've got uh, Ben Simmons and possibly uh, Zion as well, issues to sort out, because Ben Simmons holding out.
0: Possibly Carl anthony Towns as well. Yes. Not confirmed.
1: Not confirmed, but possibly. So they've got some things here that their decisions are going to have a – well, basically a – you know, a far-reaching effect on the league, and especially with this, like with the Ben Simmons stuff and the holding out on what four years—he's got four years left on his contract which not amazing. Um, yeah, I think the NBA needs to be really careful. Um, look, I fall down on the side of the fence of get the jab. I don't, I don't see the other side. Um, uh, I know people who. Who do for me? It's a no brainer. Get the jab, but you know, it's personal choice. So, but at some point, you know, there's consequences for every choice. So, if you're choosing to anti vax and those are the consequences of it, well, then those are the consequences of it. Mm. Every choice has a consequence. So, yeah, you know, then they miss out.
0: Saw a three-team trade thrown up today, Mal. (laughs) Just who says no? It's just a straight-up three-man swap. Three-man swap. Ben Simmons Mm -hmm. goes to, who was it? Um, Brooklyn? Yeah. Kyrie Irving? Yeah. Goes to Portland? Yeah. Damian Lillard goes to Philly. Obviously, Philly, like, take 0.1 seconds to say yes. Yes. Yep. Which of the other teams say no?
1: KD. <laughs> did you
0: did you see the reporter today? <laughs> Asked KD why he was called KD? His his response So he caught all this flack of the report was like, Oh, Kevin Durant was rude to a reporter. His response was, My first name's Kevin, my last name's Durant. And it's like, what's the guy meant to say? <laughs> He meant to have some long-winded story of why his nickname is his initials.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Weird, weird. But it's as if you know the media has never had an interview with Pop. So, yeah. you know, he just doesn't exist.
0: How uh, did you guys lose? Uh, They scored more points than us. <laughs> Thanks, Pop. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: look. It, yeah, circling so going back, I yeah. would say. Ah, Portland probably on the no wagon.
0: I've got Portland saying, hell no. Yep. Dame for Kyrie. Oof.
1: Mm, Yeah, just we, you only had to see how much, you know, Dame lifted when CJ was out to know, like, he didn't, he hasn't disappeared in his time. He keeps fighting, keeps trying, everything like that. So, yeah, for me, it's, well, it's probably Portland and, you know, KD, but, yeah, Portland be the one to ooh, instantly veto, I'd say.
0: At the peak of their powers, if you guaranteed me 82 games at the peak of their powers, might be controversial, but I'd take Kyrie. It's
1: not really that controversial.
0: I- well, I reckon some people would heavily argue in Dame's Corner, and I know why, mm. but I think Kyrie is one of the most skilled guards in history up there with the Iversons, but he's so injury prone. He puts his name in the headlines for the wrong reasons. He's going to miss literally over half this season as it stands. There's just no way you're taking that on.
1: No, not, not for, you know, you're not going to swap Dame for Kyrie in that, Mm -mm. in that sense. You would have to have all sorts of faith that you could basically almost fix Kyrie in that, you know, in in that off-court stuff that gets in his way. And, yeah, I I don't think you're going to be able to do that.
0: Mm. And to be honest, I don't know how it makes Brooklyn that much better, really. Like, they probably get a bit better defensively, which they need to do, but the ball's in Harden's hands. Then it's in Kevin's hands. And then Ben?
1: (laughs) Yeah... I think also though, a lot of that shot pressure disappears from Ben in that space because almost everyone on that Nets roster can shoot from somewhere.
0: Yeah, you'd almost run him as like a four, maybe a five even. Mm. Just sort of a Draymond green roll, I guess.
1: Yeah, or even just a fast break go. Hmm.
0: Could um, also work. So. Heard recently. So that that's that topic done, but um, the Grizzlies just released their Media Day content today and um, they were chatting with Jaron Jackson Jr. and he said he's been doing a lot of workouts and runs uh, involving you know, CJ McCollum, Ben Simmons and whatever. And Jaron said he's having trouble guarding Ben for the first time and Ben's hitting these turnaround fadeaways. He's pulling up for threes. He said he's a problem right now. So Yeah, it's whether... a real
1: big problem for <laughs> Philly.
2: Eh? yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, Jared's talking about on court, whether he's just pumping up Ben because it's obviously his guy or, you know, whether it's legit, what's going on. I mean, we saw a little bit of footage and photos, but I don't know. I take the offseason for what it is. I need to see it on an NBA court before I buy in. But
2: We've
1: seen videos of Ben Simmons for what, the last three years in the offseason. <laughs> not hasn't equated to anything in the playoffs. And that's the drama. There's that hasn't been built on every year other players have have had that growth and yes lockdown defender you know, in certain situations he's been able to lock down some of the best um, and free moving offensive players in the league but you know you can't trust him in the playoffs at the moment so that's that's the big deal so he needs to go somewhere with where they've got superstars who can shoot
2: mm-hmm.
1: or at least enough you know, enough young talent to shoot. And But then do you build a... T- There's so many questions.
0: So many questions. That's the that's problem. And they haven't been answered, unfortunately. But no, as mentioned. we record, yep. anti-vaxxers are not playing in New York or San Francisco and Ben Simmons is not playing anywhere. So mm. we will see what shakes out between now and next pod. Um, But with that being said, Mel, should we start diving into the Southwest division, get back on track here? And for the listeners still hanging around, we'll actually chat about the league a bit more.
1: Southwest division. Where are we starting off, Dan?
0: Oh, the Lakers. (laughs) We're starting off with the Dallas Mavericks ah. down in Texas. All the Texas teams are in this one, so <laughs> there's another two to come, but that's all right. Um, so, look, busy but quiet off-season for Dallas. Mm. Uh, we'll get to the coach soon, but in terms of player personnel, we major signing was actually keeping Tim Hardaway Jr., who... Essentially, was their second go to scorer after Luca uh, last season. So, that's a big signing. Uh, they also brought in um, Reggie Bullock and Sterling Brown, who'll give you a little bit more perimeter shooting. And I've heard other pods saying Reggie Bullock's like a fake three point shooter. And I beg to differ, because although, like, I get his whole career, he hasn't been mega consistent. But last year, he took six attempts per game and hit 41% of them. So that's pretty decent clip from what I can gather, and that's, that's definitely terrible. what Luka needs to be surrounded with. I mean, we just watched it happen uh, with his Slovenian team in the Olympics. It was Luka creating everything, causing havoc, kicking out the shooters. And you saw what he's capable of mm. with a team that can shoot and Dallas bringing in shooters, re-signing shooters. That's what they needed to do. Did they get the best players on the market? Probably not, but they got enough.
1: Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind Hardaway. Um I think he can be very explosive. I do have a bit of a question mark again around consistency just because some nights he can go for 10 and other nights it can be 35. Yeah, like, he's a
0: microwave. Yeah,
1: it can go off, but it's. But then again, it would be very difficult as well to be you know, playing back up to Luca in that sort of space where it's very hard to for both of them to go off one night on offense. Like mm. the ball's always going to go through Luca first, isn't it? So yeah, tricky.
0: Big one of the big questions I've got here. It's got to be. Porzingis's last chance this season to prove that he can be that legit second star with Luca.
1: I, for me, the Mavs season is going to come down to, and I, I think it actually comes down to the coaching signing of one Jason Kidd, um, because both Luca and Porzingis apparently weren't. Completely on board with Rick Carlisle at the end there, and he really needed to bring those two together. um Which Jason Kidd, hopefully, like you know, the guy's experienced his <coughs> coaching. well excuse me, he's um, eh, he's had a couple of flops thus far, but as a player and everything, he's he's. Worked through a lot of issues between players and different locations and things like that. So hopefully he can, hopefully for the Mavs anyway, he can go in there and he can get Luca and Porzingis on the same page. And if it doesn't work out for Porzingis, it's not going to be really good for Porzingis because he needs something to happen this year for him. He can't have another season like last year where it was, eh, just just flashes isn't enough for Porzingis. He needs more. Like Luca's Luca. He's not going anywhere. You know, everyone has seen what Luca can do. Not, you know, and Luca can do that consistently. Put him with some good horses and Wowzers. Is Porzingis going to be one of those horses? Well, let's see if he can earn that unicorn tag that he was given when he first
0: arrived in the league. Ah, link from horses to unicorns, but also to the soundbite I played at the start. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what I'm trying to wrap my head around is all reports where they're unhappy with how Rick Carlyle was using Pazingas or not using Pazingas, mm. and they think Jason Kidd's going to be this fresh new um, you know, look into what he can do. Have a think back to Rick Carlisle's most successful years. Who was his best player? Uh, That would be
1: Dirk Nowitzki.
0: Who's a point guard, of course. (laughs) I mean, so, Przingis, I'm not saying he is Dirk, but, you know, he's a big guy that can shoot. Um, Jason Kidd, dominant big man in the league? Or... Hall of Fame point guard who's gonna possibly attach himself to Luca a bit more. Mm. I mean I'm not sure if that's the reason for this hiring. I there's gotta be way more to it than that. Than just kids coming in to use Pozingus better.
1: Oh, I don't think it's necessarily to just use Pozingas better. I think he's there for Luca. Luca is the future of this team. Mm. Like let's let's be
0: honest. He's the current Yeah. He's the future.
1: Yep. Has been for the last couple of years. He's locked in. He'll, if he doesn't want to, he will never play anywhere else unless he wants to. Mm -hmm. Mark Cuban will be happy to keep him around just like he did with Dirk. You know, Dirk could have traveled in at the end. He chose not to, he chose to stay with the Mavs. Luca. I, I can't see that not being an option for him. Uh, as where we currently sit now, obviously, you know, very early in Luca's career, but those comparisons have been made by Mark Cuban. So it's not exactly much of a stretch to think that way. Um, I think Jason Kidd's been brought in for Luca, uh, But for Porzingis, it's probably going to be seen as a fresh start. And for Porzingis, it needs to happen this year. Otherwise, any trade value that is left... Gone, and he'd find himself, well, in a Dennis Schroeder y sort of situation where he's somewhere on a minimum, and he's, you know, playing for his NBA future. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he comes into the season and, you know, rebounds. He's, from what I've heard, he's had a healthy off season, and uh, all reports this is the f- more of a fresh start. You know, new coach, fresh start, ready to go. We'll have to wait and see what happens. But the Mavs, for me, the Mavs year is going to hinge on whether Luca Porzingis can get on the same page and, you know, on the back of this Jason Kidd signing.
0: Mavericks, playoffs, play-in, golf course. Ooh,
1: Uh, I'm going to put them in the play-offs.
0: Okay. Play-offs. All right. Let's uh, move on to the next team, hey? Hang on, Tiger. Uh, Where have you got them? You've never asked me this before, so I'm not prepared. Mavs, play in. Play in. Mm. Okay.
1: Uh, Going in or just play in and out?
0: Undecided. Everyone will have to check back on our that prediction show. That doesn't sound show. like you. I'll have it. to check back on our prediction oh, show okay. now. You I'm trying w- to keep some listeners around.
1: You didn't want to just, you know, play out every possible scenario?
0: No, I'll do that in a couple of weeks. Okay. <laughs> Next team. Ready? Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that didn't work as well as I thought it might. <laughs> Should we try it again? All right. Oh, that's a very sick grizzly
1: bear.
0: <laughs> um, for anyone unaware, and I'm he just, wonders why I don't give him power I'm over giving the some sound bites. Go right now. Yeah. Anyway, wow. that was a grizzly bear because we're talking about Memphis Grizzlies next mm. team, very close to your heart now.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's just get to it. Come on.
0: All right, well, let's have a look at what's happened. We, we've covered. Hit me
1: with it and then I'll come back with some rebuttal or agree. We'll see.
0: We've covered like some of these moves already because there were some big trades before the draft. So, of course, you had Valentinus starting a big sort of, um, you know, whatever onset of trades for the Grizzlies. Uh, essentially, so far. What the Grizzlies have gained from losing Valentunas was Steven Adams, Jarrett Culver, Chris Dunn, and a few draft picks. We're not going to go back into Rondo, Bledsoe, um, Hernan Gomez, all these Grizzly legends, because um, we, we've already covered those trades. So mm-hmm. they've added Steven Adams, Jarrett Culver, Chris Dunn to the roster. They've drafted Zaire Williams, number 10, and Eldama. Uh, pick 30. Uh, who's going to need a bit of time from what I can see? What I've got written down here, two things. I'll briefly speak to them and then I'll let you take over now. Mm-hmm. There are more moves to come. I was looking at the roster before. It's at 19. or It's at 20, but one of the players... Just their trade hasn't gone through yet, I guess. Mm. So they're really at 19, needs to get down to 15. Mm -hmm. There's more moves to come. Whether it's as simple as waving players, whatever, there's more to come. Mm -hmm. The second and maybe most important thing I wrote down, this was a step backwards for 2022, but a step forwards for the few years after that. So we're talking a step back in this LeBron era, step forward for post-LeBron. Right. Over to you, Malcolm.
1: So if I'm analysing your prediction correctly, I'm hearing they're going to suck this year.
0: I didn't say suck. said a step backwards. They were awesome last year.
1: Well, they, they did quite well, actually. I, I will admit they were ahead of predictions.
0: Look, we're going to compete, but Golden State, they're coming back. They're going to be good. Portland, they're going to be way better. Um, Pelicans are going to be way better. You could even argue someone like the Kings may be better. There's not a lot of teams that got worse. There are teams that are worse than Memphis, but they were already that last year. There are more teams that are getting better, and that's not including the Timberwolves if they get their hands on Ben. Um, Which, you know, if they did, I'd probably predict them to finish higher than the Grizzlies this year, given they don't give up um, Cat or D'Angelo Russell, of course. So I think the Grizzlies may look fairly similar on court, but they're just not going to have the same end result because they haven't got that player to take them into the next realm yet or to really take over games. And I think we're going to see something special from Jar. I think he's going to have a great year. But it's just not going to be enough to vault them in this tough West into that playoffs.
1: So that was a long-winded year. They're going to they're suck. Um, they
0: will not suck, Mel. What, what's a team that sucks? Less than 20 wins? <sighs> oh, What would you place the over-under at? A bit, for a, bit, bit testy here, aren't what, what would you place the over-under at for a team that sucks? I'm crafting a chicken bear here. <laughs> I'm going to let you craft it as you, well.
1: You can craft away, but I, I won't <laughs> be biting on that one. Um, I actually I actually think that Jar is going to go up a notch this year.
0: He's going to be an all-star.
1: And he's going to drag the whole team with him. I, I think they have to have some moves left. They've they've got too many players. They've got to. Oh, they're either going to have to wave goodbye for nothing, or get some picks for something. Get uh, Jara
0: a buddy on the team. Sure, sure. You
1: like sure.
0: that? You like oh, that one?
1: Oh, oh. Uh, Just try and heal yourself back. Um, <laughs> yeah. See. Yeah. When I oh, do geez. it, people giggle. Um, I think Jar's going to genuinely go next level this season and I think he's going to drag the team with him I think they'll go slightly higher than they were they're not going to go meteoric
3: Um,
1: that's not in their trajectory but I actually think they're not going to suck Uh, I think they're going to and I would probably put sucking it around 30 wins
0: below 30 so 30 wins means you suck. If you, that's brutal. If,
1: if you can't crack 30 wins. Okay. Like, then your team sucks.
2: Okay. All right.
1: That's that's not even close to 500. So, yeah. If you're not, yeah.
0: Okie dokie, artichokey. Mm. So, you've got the Grizz on the golf course.
1: No. I I think they'll be in the play.
0: Okay. Hmm. I I believe they'll be in the play-in, and I'll yeah. leave it at that till our prediction show.
1: Play-in and done. <laughs> play-in and done. All right, where to next? Can't wait for this soundbite. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hang on, I got another one. Oh, today, one. No, you know, that's you an can, well, <laughs> today you can't make every day
2: delicious. <laughs>
0: All right. We can't legally play that. We'll uh <laughs> let's skip this one. Well yeah. If you couldn't tell
1: Unfortunately there was no sound bite there for the Spurs.
0: <laughs> if you can't tell, it's clearly the Spurs. Mm. And if Mate, you that says Cowboy Boot Spurs sound effect. Oh. What was that? Okay. Peel back the curtain on the show, and you'll soon very quickly realise. Oh, you turned the mic down. I was trying to play. Yes, it again. I did. Turn <laughs> it back up. I want everyone to hear this again. <sighs> Cowboy boot spurs. Come on, Mal. Oh, Give the people what they want.
1: No one wants this but you. It's like, it's like indulging a small child with a simple magic trick. But anyway, it's my, it's
0: my one time. All right. right, people. This is Cowboy Boot Spurs, courtesy of YouTube. Alright, I hope you enjoyed that. That's um, interesting. Wow, wow, yes. We do our research before the show, guys, and that's why it goes so smoothly.
1: This is why all technical decisions normally go through me, but that's fine.
0: That's well, fine. I've got some interesting ones to look up next, so <laughs> hang on to your hats, folks, because this could get wild. Yeah. Wild West, even. Oh, God. <laughs> um, San Antonio, place I love place that Michaela Roof didn't so much.
1: (laughs) Not too much. I was not afraid to tell you what she thought. Yeah, the
0: the pissy little river. (laughs) Excuse for a river, (laughs) I think it was. All right, the Spurs. Uh, I am deeply concerned for this franchise and its coach. Because I think, like you said possibly about or what you said I was inferring about the Grizzlies, I think the Spurs will suck this year. Mm. I think they're going to be terrible. Mm. Like, not even fun to watch. I like, you know, there's other teams I, I would say, you know, they're not going to be good, like maybe Detroit. They'll be fun to tune into and watch. There's not a lot going on here at the Spurs that I think is fun. Outside of, you know, if you want to jump in and support fellow Aussie, Jock Landale. But I mean...
1: Yeah, of course.
0: You're looking at players like Dejounte um, Murray. Mm-hmm. You're looking at players like Keldon Johnson, Thaddeus Young, Farouk Aminu, Doug McDermott, Bryn Forbes. Just like
1: superstars up and down the page, isn't it?
0: This is such a fundamental team. I mean, they're going to execute well. They're going to surprise a few teams and win some games, but, geez, it's going to be a tough watch for Spurs fans that are used to seeing, you know, an Aldridge, a DeRozan.
1: A Paddy um, Mills.
0: Yeah, Paddy. And, of course, all the the major stars before that, the Duncans and Ginobli's, whatnot.
1: Going back to the Admiral.
0: I mean, you just look at their draft selection alone, number 12, they took Primo. Primo, don't know how to even pronounce it, who was projected to go in the 20s. And they took him at 12. He's the youngest player in the draft. And he's been drafted based on potential. He's not been drafted to be thrown out like a Jalen Suggs and said, here's the keys to the team. Let's go. Mm. This is a, all right, young fella, you're going to learn. We're going to you know get you ready for the next few years. And then you know maybe we're competing then. And I know we have quite a lot of Spurs fans who are our mates and others who listen to the show. They're probably going to be a bit upset with me right now, but I'm really sorry. Your team, I I believe your team is going to be terrible. And I'd love to be wrong because it's such a proud winning franchise, but I've got big concerns for them. Although I've got high hopes for Jock that he's going to get some good minutes in this rotation at some point.
1: Yeah, I think that's... That's my real upside here is really hoping that Jock can well Jock's had one hell of a 2021 so far.
2: Mm.
1: I mean, you know, MBL champion goes over with the Boomers, brings back the rose gold and then straight off to San Antonio. Um uh, I think the upside for the Spurs is I believe this year, this next coming season, Pop will be able to um, become was it the the greatest winning coach in NBA regular season history. I think that's probably gonna be the crowning glory of your season. That's probably the only thing that really you know happens unless. Unless there's some move here in the next, you know, little while, that blows everyone away. Not really seeing a lot from the Spurs this year.
0: But this this is a franchise that has had sustained success for over twenty years. So Mm. they say that you know most runs are four to eight years maximum, and they've done it for twenty. So they've had a good run. At some point, you just got to say, right, it's time to start fresh. Let's get our players in. Let's get them going. I mean, all the players are listed, especially the young ones. I didn't mention someone like Lonnie Walker either. All these young players are good. Um, oh, who's their other guard? Vassily? Vassal? I don't know. There's another There's another young guy they have that I really like as well. I just can't remember his name off the top of my head. But their young core is, is decent. They're just going to need a few years. And... It's a decision they've made. You know these guys like Thad Young and Aminu. They're not coming in to help the team charge through the playoffs. They're coming in to mentor these young guys and to teach them how the league works, how to get through games. And they're really just setting up for the future at this point, which every franchise has to do it at some stage. So it's just the Spurs' time.
1: And maybe, maybe that this is Pop's plan. I mean, you know, give them a give them a season. Give a season or two back to the association. Not that he, I think he's really you know taken from the association, but really plan ahead for the future and then install someone from his staff Mm. as that head coach to move forward. As
0: in the teams at like four and twenty six, and he's like, oh, I think Becky Hammond's ready to take over the reins here. I'm out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Possibly, possibly. Oh, she better get that job. Just purely based on what she's given the franchise and her credentials. Like, she has worked her way. And even to the point where when Pop's been away, he's thrown Tim Duncan in the head coaching role and people scratching their heads like, what is going on here? Mm. I mean, that can't be based on merit of coaching. (laughs) But anyway. Yeah, but what's, what's Timmy got? Five rings? He does, he does. Five rings? So, hey, Becky was a problem. She was a problem. Oh, yeah. As and, a
1: player. <clears throat> if you don't know her history, go and treat yourself to a quick Google. And, yeah, she knows basketball. Mm. You know, you you couldn't be in her position and not know. Player, coach, you know, wowzers. But, uh, well, sorry, I should say assistant coach. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't understand why someone hasn't taken a flyer on her yet. But. Maybe that's maybe they know more than we do, or there's there's some sort of read out there on it that hasn't you know filtered out to us.
0: I've obviously got the Spurs well and truly on the golf course at the end of the season, Mal. Uh, do you agree?
1: Yes. There's nothing that's jumping off the page for me to say otherwise.
0: All right. Write down the time and day, people. We just got through a whole team's breakdown without Mal and I disagreeing once. That is crazy. Wow.
1: Wow. does happen occasionally. Mal,
0: um, really? you ready for the next exciting soundbite I've got?
1: No, but let's do it anyway.
0: All right. Next team we're going to talk about, Cross Fingers People. This has 23,000 views, so surely it's good. No, it's an ad again. Hang with me, people. Ready? Ads are oh gone. God. Go, Mal. Hit it. That's water. We're not talking about water. We're talking about the things sitting in the water. <laughs> uh.
1: Okay, privileges revoked. Um,
0: <laughs> what the hell is wrong with this thing?
1: The operator. All right, we're <laughs> heading to NOLA, New Orleans. I'll get us
0: ready for the last one. It'll be a banger.
1: <sighs> the pelicans. <laughs> the pelicans. What on earth have the pelicans been doing? In the off
0: season. Nicole. Um their off season's been about as good as me queuing up that up, sound bite. Um, well, geez. it was pretty tragic. It, oh. Um so one thing they did well was the trade with the Grizzlies, in my opinion. They get Valentunas in, bit of a better fit with Zion, still not great. Mm. Not a great fit with Zion, but better. Um than what uh, Stephen Adams was. I was trying to remember his name. Um, well, we talked
1: about that last year. Uh, well, last season as well. He, Stephen Adams didn't have a great season last season. It just wasn't really clicking. So,
0: um, They did draft Troy Murphy, who I just knew as that tall white guy that played for Indiana for years. Um, he, this is not a tall white guy. Uh, and he showed in... Summer league that he can ball. So I think they've drafted really well at 17 there, which was the Memphis pick they acquired. Um, They've brought in Devontae Graham, which I want to talk about.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Because they had a chance to re sign Lonzo. Yeah. And all reports I read stated they were at 80 million. And Lonzo wanted 85. And they wouldn't come to the party on that. So he he wasn't bluffing. He walked.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which, interesting. Classic Rich Paul move. Got the money.
0: Clutch just seems to be running the NBA right now. and it's A little bit. It's uh, Yeah, we've got to keep an eye on that. Mm. But this is a massive downgrade at the point guard spot. Lonzo really came into himself... Last season, and he was playing some great ball, shooting a pretty consistent clip from the outside, creating shots for Ingram, Zion. He'd be do- running some nasty pick and rolls with Valanciunas this season, but he's gone now, and in comes Devonte Graham, who can be a bit of a black hole with the ball at times, of meaning you know he's going to get up a lot of shots, and he's sort of a shoot first guard, which is not what Lonzo is at all, so. And Lonzo, quite active in passing lanes. He's quite a long, tall guard. Devontae Graham, he's short. He's got short arms. And he's he's a turnstile on defense. So, just what they didn't need. Um, Also, Valanchunas, in my opinion, pretty, pretty reasonable downgrade in defense compared to Steven Adams. He's an upgrade on offense, but he's a downgrade on defense. So, a team... That had a lot of offense but couldn't play defense got worse on defense in the offseason, which I think is a big L for them.
1: Yeah, because they're not, they're not a, they don't have that Brooklyn Nets style of just 150 a or not. Mm. You know, they, don't, they don't have that quite that high level of offense. So, yeah. Yeah, now with the Lonzo Ball stuff as well, was it the, the NBA has launched an investigation? And basically, after they launched the investigation, nothing has happened in two months. No, nothing has come out mm. this, that, or the other way at all whatsoever. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't hold my breath on anything massive happening. There anytime soon. But yeah, you know, classic NBA sometimes, sometimes they do this and then they'll just almost forget that they've done it. And then four or five months later, go, oh yeah, boom, there. Mm. There, There's the response to that. Yeah, I hope everyone learned their lesson from that. It's almost six months ago. But yeah, uh, I think the big. The biggest problem for the Pelicans right now is apparently Zion's not answering their calls.
0: Yeah, and I mean, look, this was huge a couple of days ago, and it's quietened down since. But
1: look, uh, the Pelicans we we've talked about this on the show before. The, the Pelicans need to go all in on Zion at this point. You know, they they picked him number one a couple of years ago. To be that guy. And they were going to build their franchise around him and go all in. And so far, it doesn't feel as if that's what's happening. It feels as if they're just making so-so sort of decisions and they need to make here and now decisions and get some things done and it's just not happening.
0: Well, he's about to play for his third coach in three years. Yep, They've just traded away his starting point guard. Mm -hmm. I mean, what, I just, yeah. Like, I get his frustration. I'm not all for young players kicking and screaming and trying to get out of their team, but I can see why he's a bit unsettled at the moment. I don't think it's beyond repair like the Simmons situation. I think, you know, they can get this back under control, but I can see why Zion's a bit like, oh, fellas, what's going on here? Like, is there going to be any stability around me? You know, what's going on? Like, you've got to protect my future moving forward. And, you know, it's it's only... I know it's his third year, but that means he's only a couple of years away from being able to explore his options. And just like they did with Anthony Davis, the Pelicans are going to have to get to a point where it's like, all right, do we actually have a crack at keeping this guy or should we just cut our losses and, and get a haul back? Mm. And... Hopefully it doesn't get to that point, but I'm sure they were hoping that the a d situation wouldn't get to that point either, and that did so.
1: It's also the same organization that lost Chris Paul before that so.
0: yeah, yep, correct.
1: Yeah. Mm. so not exactly a long storied history of keeping really good genuine all stars. Mm. but yeah, maybe maybe they turn it around. Maybe as soon as Zion is capable, he's out of there.
0: All right. Time will tell. Two questions. Will Zion be wearing a Pelicans uniform at the end of the season?
1: Uh, Yes. I think financially be crazy not to. And I don't think the Pelicans... Pelicans can't lose another one this quickly.
0: All right. Playoffs, play-in, golf course.
1: (sighs) I've... Got them sitting golf course. I can't even sit. If I've got my Dan pants on, which are shorts, because you know PE, um, all those track pants to go.
0: Never worn them in my life, but (laughs) just because I don't own a pair.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You just. Up and down the street, oh, smack hey, me as pants. a Slazenger man.
0: The only track pants I wear is on a plane and they're like full nice cotton. No, no or whatever the noises you make. <laughs> yeah. None of that like polyester or whatever. It's got to be it, cotton only.
1: Can't even make noises with your own. Oh, yeah.
0: It's because I don't, I don't know what sound <laughs> they make, obviously. Uh,
1: what was my point? Oh, yeah. Uh, Great question. Ask myself that every week. (laughs) (laughs) If I got my Dan pants on, I'm probably going to hedge and say just into the play-in. But uh, where I'm sitting now, I'm seeing the golf course.
0: Yeah, I've got them 9, 10, 11. So pretty much echoing you. If I had to put money on it, I'd say they sneak into the play-in, but they're going to be right on that bubble on on the edge. So that's where I've got them. All right, one last team. Hang
1: on, hang on, hang on. I'll give you one last shot.
0: Good, because we've only got one team to go. I've oh, got no. this queued up. It's got to work. It's got to work. Are we ready for I the am? final one? All right. Hopefully, I am too. Let's go. Still waiting. I blame your internet.
2: Yes. 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 Two, one booster ignition. And- of the I did
0: it. To the station, the way from You're welcome, Mal. That actually worked way better than all the rest.
1: Yeah, it was a slow fade that I added at the end. Imagine if, save if I up. like
0: queued them all up properly like that.
1: Yes, which could have been done if you nah, given nah, me the heads nah. up. This
0: was more fun. This is more fun. It's, oh. well, what's, <laughs> what would you prefer to do? Surprise sound bites or surprise trivia? Uh, surprise trivia Damn <laughs> <laughs> Okay uh, That rocket taking off was which one? Discovery they said at the end <laughs> Alright I've got no more trivia But we are going to talk about the Houston Rockets off season. Not for a long time Because uh, they're not here for a, They are here for a good time not a long time Looking at the draft Jalen yes. Green Stud, superstar in the making. Mm-hmm. I am so high on him. I'm yes. right up there with Jalen Suggs, the two Jalens. Yep. And Sengun, mm-hmm. they took in the teens. He looks like a solid big man. I. That's the guy we were talking about who was like doing the splits at halfway when he was subbing in and whatnot. Um, yeah. He looks like a solid big, really impressed with the Rockets draft. That's not going to help him win games this year though.
1: Uh, no, I'm going to suggest they're going to suck.
0: Yeah, and look, they've already said to John Wall, you're likely not going to put this jersey on again. i are going to work something out with you. I-, I feel like if you're Eric Gordon, the writing's on the wall for you too. Maybe yeah. you're going to play to prove that you're healthy because he's been struggling a bit with his uh, injuries. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I don't see how he fits into this young, exciting roster. Mm. I think if you look at the way this roster's been constructed, especially with the role-player contracts, it sort of gives away what they're looking at here. And they're looking at a huge amount of gap space in 2024. So that's when Jalen Green, um, Christian Wood, Kevin Porter Jr., these guys are going to be coming into their, their prime and all these other contracts drop off. So they'll all be on cheap contracts still. And then they'll have max money times two in free agency. Will anyone go there? Who knows? But they'll have the ability to do it if they want. So they've, they've really said the next two years, we don't care. Let's see what happens. See if we get some more high draft picks. Let's move on. But they're building for the future.
1: They are. My problem is when teams go in on high cap space, they end up being stuck in situations like New York Knicks were with Amari Stoddemeyer. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I quite like Amari Stoudemire, And when he went there, he played much better than people actually give him credit for. But he was all that was left. That's why they signed him to the deal they did. And... There is a drama with this style of doing things, and you, you can get caught in the situation where you just, oh god, there's nothing left. Oh god. All right, give me whoever's available. Give me, a, give me a mid-level guy. Pay him. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. We'll call him franchise, and we'll, we'll sign him up for two years, and we'll see where we land. Mm. So if you if your draft picks don't turn out you know, to be that good over the next couple of years, then you don't become a destination place and all of a sudden having all this, you know, cap space doesn't really work out for you because not that many people are probably coming to watch your games. So you don't have that money coming in through the door and it can be a really awful place to play. And if you're a long-term fan, (sighs) buckle up. This could be difficult. Or...
0: It will be. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Next couple of years. Oh, awful.
0: They're going to be a train wreck.
1: Yeah. But after that, you know, things may improve. You, there might be, you know, a bit of a destination team. You don't know.
0: Um, Just trust the process, guys. That's. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> trust ouch. the process because that's what you're headed for.
1: Ouch. Ouch. Now I do want to, at this point, take a take a little bit of a. Uh, let's go off track a little bit.
0: Um. Lucky we haven't done that this episode, so yeah, it's nah,
1: good. Yeah, we're, we're all good. Now, was it the Ds in the AFL
0: this week? Yeah, shout out Cammy P.
1: Exactly. Was it, uh, was it 57 or 67 years or something?
0: You're the one telling the story, mate. Yep,
1: something like that. <laughs> Not my team, 50, so I don't know. 57. 57, there we go. 57 years since they lifted the trophy. And I actually sent Cammy P a... a private message basically saying mate congratulations well done you you stuck with them great job now that's something not it's fading in in our current world of of basketball because people are following players and less following teams so you know that's it's going to be really tough for teams like this like the Rockets, who go for this cap space if it doesn't work out. Now, it might turn out to be absolutely perfect, brilliant move, but if it doesn't work out and you can't bring some of these players on board or bring on your own draft picks, ah, you know, the age of people following teams from the day they were born to the day they die, it it appears to be over. Not, not a lot of people are doing that nowadays. Now, I do it. Like, I've always, you know, as we've talked about um, on the show, since I got back into it with the NBA, I've been with the Boston Celtics. Even when they traded away, was the big two, Uh, Ray Allen had already left by that point. Danny Ainge traded them away. I, I watched every game the following season. They didn't make the playoffs. It was a tough watch. You know, not every game was amazing, but you know, I did it. Not everyone thinks that way anymore. So whenever play, whenever teams say, you know oh we're going to have cap space in this year, uh, I, I instantly think of teams that it hasn't gone well for and the fans who then have to sit through possibly the process, which if you're in Philly right now, you can't say you can't tell me going into this season that you're thinking, wow, I'm really glad we trusted the process. It's, it's got us to everywhere we need to be. So, uh, shout out to Kemi P following your team. Great job, buddy. Uh, But, uh, yeah, it's, it does, it does ring alarm bells for me, but it has paid off for other teams in the past. So, yeah. Cool. Bit of a tangent. I know, but still.
0: (laughs) So that's a wrap on, the NBA Southwest Division. We're ready to move on to the NBL back home. Let's
1: bring it home, baby. Ball don't lie. Ball don't lie. Time to come home to that league we love where they play that sweet, sweet deal. They will real soon. It's not long now. Not long now. We'll be back at it. All teams are, pretty much all teams are back training with
0: Not quite soon, though, with the delayed start, but Mm, mm. eh, every day gets us a little bit closer.
1: It does, it does, and it's only really COVID that's slowing us down, so hopefully that gets a little bit more sorted, a little bit more sorted here soon. All right, so off-season moves. We've only got a few teams left.
0: Yeah, it's our last week, as we said Mm. at the top of the show, and... Mm -hmm. Of course, this is the league we love. And you know what else I love, Mal? Uh, Nope. What do you love?
3: I love bubbles. I love
0: bubbles. Oh, we love bubbles. Of course, we're talking about Chris Goulding, Melbourne United. Mm -hmm. Rose gold medalist at the Tokyo Olympics.
1: Oh, yes. Rose gold.
0: He's going to have his work cut out for him. He is. They lost quite some depth. Uh, In this off-season. Scotty Hobson, just rumoured today to possibly be joining the Breakers, going back to the Breakers. So we'll see how that pans out. Nothing is confirmed as we record, but Mm -hmm. keep an eye on that. Mitch McCarran, the engine of that team, Mm -hmm. in, in my words. Of course, heading over to Adelaide. And Jock Lendale, the big guy down low, off to the NBA. Guess he had a better job offer. I'd be taking that one. Same colours, but... Yeah. Yeah. Job offer. But I guess he likes black and white on him.
1: Like I said earlier, what a year.
0: Oh. 2021. What a, what a guy. Oh, yeah. What a guy. So, look, they've lost some depth there. You know, there's are sixth man and two very valuable starters. So, um, they had to go out and replace these guys, which they've done an alright job of. You know, a little bit of deli action coming in. Deli, deli. So it would be interesting to see how how he goes. Um, It is because he wants to get back to the
1: NBA. mm -hmm. Um, And obviously there are some big concerns around his, well, health basically from from that uh, concussion protocols and things that he had to go through and the issues that he had um, the end of the last NBA season. And, yeah, obviously he was, he was okay to, to go with the Boomers to, um, to Tokyo and, you know, brought back Rose Gold. Mm-hmm. So not done just yet, but, uh, yeah, his NBA days maybe. We'll just have to wait and see how he goes.
0: Yeah, and look, he can still contribute. He's still going to bring a lot of experience.
1: Still going to bring fans through the door, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, and they've also brought in Brad Newley uh, who will give them some uh, added depth and experience at the wing position. I mean, he's been around forever, Brad. So that's a great addition for them as well. Uh, and they've brought in Agada, who's from the Nigerian national team, uh, just played in Tokyo as well, who looks like a handy player out on the wing. He's just come from a season in Israel averaging 15, 6, and 3. So, not numbers that's going to, you know, blow your socks off. But from... Like, I didn't watch any of his games in Israel. I'm not going to pretend I did. But from what I've seen in the Nigerian team, he gives you a bit of um, length on the perimeter, some athleticism. And he looked like he had a fairly good IQ of sort of knowing where to be at both ends of the floor. So... That's what I look forward to seeing in him out there. I don't think he's going to be a star. I believe, you know, your players like Goulding are going to get most of the shots here. Mm. A couple of things I found interesting. Callum Dalton coming down from the Bullets, getting a full roster spot. Can he make the leap to warrant that, that roster spot? And I think he can, but that's a question that needs to be answered. As well as Luol Achul who you're going to be assuming he's starting now. So he's going to be taking Jock's position. So can both of those young big men take the next leap? Because that answer has to be yes, if Melbourne want to be looking at repeating as champions. And in a season where you've been allowed three imports on your roster, they have one. So they're backing their local talent.
1: Yeah, it's it's an interesting move so far, but it does leave them open to options. Um, but that also is the problem with the NBL. Um, you just got to have a look at the, uh, the Brisbane Bullets import spots over the last couple of seasons. It's been very rare that each team, across the NBL in fact, um, will actually start with the same two, or the same three, or however many it has been over the last few years. Whether it be injuries, or just doesn't work, or talent isn't as good as it thought it was, or the, it just doesn't, you know, just doesn't pan out for whatever reason. And you're gonna you're looking looking like you're gonna start the season with only one. That's it. Feels like you're just leaving yourself a bit short there, um, mm. especially if you want to run this back. But maybe, maybe they went all in last year financially and maybe they need to take a break and you know, don't want to really financially commit to another one and you know, trying to run it back and really throw some money at it. Don't know. Don't know. We'll have to see. But uh, from where they sit currently... Um, Yeah, things are going to have to work really well with the team they've got for them to really make those finals. And as it currently sits, I can't see it.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting mix of players. It's sort of some real young guys and then some really not young guys. Mm. There's not a lot of in-between. So it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out through the season. And I worry about the depth at that big man spot, 4-5, those positions, uh, you know, if injuries or you know on a on a night on a game to game basis foul trouble, if that becomes an issue, I worry about where they head. So Melbourne United, I backed them to win the whole shebang last season. It's fair to say that when we do our prediction show, I might not be doing the same this year.
1: No, it might be, might be a little bit of a different uh, prediction show this time round. considering I took the Wildcats.
0: <laughs> and we know you definitely haven't taken them this year.
1: <laughs> Things have changed there. Well, not not in a huge way, though. So, you know, you know, or has it?
0: Ooh. Well, that's United, Mel. Mm-hmm. I've got one last final soundbite for you tonight.
1: Yep. Time to redeem yourself, big fella.
0: Yeah, and maybe we'll do a poll, see if people like these or not. <laughs> Focusing on the ones that worked, of course. Not the yeah. ones where we played ads and then pooped our pants and got rid of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it clearly hasn't been stressful for, for Dan. But um, yeah. Have
0: I saved the best till last? Let's let everyone decide. Here comes an our ad. Our final NBL off-season breakdown is the team's introduction. Here we go.
3: Tasmania, south of Australia, are some ants with no friends. In these forests and mountains lives an ant that's said to be able to
0: kill a man in four minutes. What? An ant that can kill a man in four minutes? What's the name of this ant, you may ask, Mel? Wasn't Why asking it's, a, that, but anyway. it's a jack jumper? Oh, so we're wow. going to break down the Tasmanian jack jumper, the ant with no friends, and can kill a man in four minutes. You heard it there on the video. Woo! It's going down. And do I get points for how seamless that that audio was now? Finally, was that seventh time lucky? We we got there.
1: Uh, yeah, I'll give you points for that barely passable audio quality.
0: Look, all I can Compared say is you're welcome. Compared your to
1: others, it, it was an improvement. So.
0: Mate, if that, if that boot spurred sound didn't get you all revved up, I don't know what will. <laughs> I feel like I nailed the Mavs one. That first one with the horse. Nailed it. And yeah. then it was pretty downhill after that. Ooh. It was aggressively downhill. But we finished with a bang here at the end yeah. in the NBL. Yeah. The bubbles and the jack or, jumper. Or
1: a thud, depending on how you look at it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So... This is probably a, a bigger breakdown because it's not just a few players in, few players out. It's a whole team and staff put together. Yes. And, you know, as a whole, before we break down every player in their depth chart, I think they've done a great job. I'm really impressed with the team that Scott Roth, who's the head coach, and the rest of the staff have done in putting this roster together. I'm super impressed.
1: Yeah, look, I, I like it. It is very difficult in Australia to put together a brand new team or bring a team back and have success straight out of the gate. Um, oh, I, I'm completely spacing on the team in the A-League soccer. Well, they wear red and black.
0: Western, not, oh no, Western Sydney. Wanderers. Yeah, that's the one. Oh, Western United, that's yeah. the Melbourne team.
1: Was it they had, would um, they go to the grand final the first year or something like that? Mm. They they actually had success in their very first year. Um, it's the only real team that's really jumping out at me that's had any great success in their first year or first year back. Um, so, look, let's be honest. I don't think they're going to, you know, history says they're not going to go straight to the grand final. That's what history says. History's wrong all the
0: time. This roster looks good, though. Mm. I mean, let's look at the starting backcourt, the two Joshes. You've got Josh McGetty, um, who's had some time in the NBA and extensive time in the G League, including just a couple years ago. He actually led the G League in assists. Mm. And that, that league's no joke, even a couple years ago. And to now come over to the NBL, to a brand-new franchise, trying to get a team to gel together... This is a guy who led a league in assists. So he's going to get everyone on the same page. He's going to get everyone involved each game. And I think these players are going to love playing with Josh McGetty on the court. Um, he's paired up nicely with Josh Adams, who also comes over with an impressive resume. He's won a championship in Italy's top division. And in the CBA, the Chinese League, 26-5-5 and were, were his averages, which you know, pretty respectable Mm. numbers in in any league. And we've said that the CBA and the NBL are kind of somewhat comparable, the NBL being stronger in our opinion, but, you know, not outrageously different maybe.
1: No, you're not comparing the NBL to the QSL. Yes,
0: yes. You
1: know, it's not that much of a jump. It's, you know... But uh, it, it is definitely a... There's a drop-off. There's a drop-off. They're not, they're not quite at our level, but they still play some good ball. And, and their fans, they're some pretty amazing fans over there in the CBA.
0: Mm. So pretty strong backcourt there. You've got Sam McDaniel, who brings some experience to the wing. Um, their other import is I'm probably going to say this wrong, but I'll give it a crack. So we've got Mikhail. M-I-Kyle, Mikhail, that's how I would say it, mm-hmm. McIntosh. So we've got the two Mackers at the forward there, McDaniel and McIntosh, both Irish spellings, of course, the MC, not the Scottish M-A-C. Um, but Mikhail, 6'7", what, what I more look at is where he's come from. He's a duck. He's come from Oregon. That is a very solid college basketball program. Any player that comes out of that program... Probably not looking at being a superstar in any league, but very reliable, extremely solid at both ends of the floor, especially defensively. So I'm sure they'll be looking forward to unleashing him. And, of course, he pairs up most likely from what I'm looking at with our good friend Brizzy Willie, mm. Will Magne. And, you know, it'd be interesting to see... Will Magne, one of the most dominant defenders we've seen up here in Queensland, especially in the State League, pairing him up with Mikhail McIntosh, who, you know, in all fairness, I don't know much about other than he went to Oregon. They should be fairly formidable on defense. There's not going to be a lot of scoring in the paint. And this starting five, I'm pretty excited for, Mel.
1: Yeah, it uh, on paper looks pretty good because obviously that's That's all we've really got to go off at the moment.
0: Um, We've got a point guard that's led a league in assists. You've got an absolute, well, two walking buckets on the wings and two solid defenders down low. I mean, I'm liking it. I'm really liking it.
1: Like I said, on paper, looks good. How well do they gel? How well do they play with the coach, like in the coach's system? Mm. There's all sorts of other stuff that we haven't seen, haven't got a taste for yet. But on paper, it looks good. Like, yeah, looking at it, and it's, it's like, okay, not there's no, there's no glaring, um, you know, no glaring huge gaps or big issues to look at. Um, you know, but we'll have to we'll have to wait and see and, and see how they go. But like I said, on paper, I I like it. I like it a lot. I think I think you I can agree with what you said before. It's, it's hard to say. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I would agree with you. They've done a good job putting together a team from nothing.
2: Mm.
0: I mean, they do – you could argue they, they might have had more depth, but I'm pretty happy with it. Like, got our guy, Weeksy. He'll be mm-hmm. coming Age off the of bench. 97. Yep. Um, I'm just going to say – a two-year contract too. Yes. This next star from Russia, 6'8". Mikhailovsky. 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 Yep. That's what I'm going with. Uh-huh. He seems to be the real deal. May take a little bit to find his feet, but, I mean, you're a 6'8". You're gonna, you're are a 6'8 wing player with, you know, a handle and a jump shot. Mm. You're going to be able to do all right out there. A um, couple more brizzy boys. you got Clint Steindl, Jared Bearstow. So they'll be coming off the bench. And Jack McVay, who's a solid big, you know, may even... Find his way starting or may begin the season as a starter. We'll see. But, you know, pretty decent depth there. And even though, you know, you need a head coach that sort of brings it all together, brings everyone together. Scott Roth, 160 games in the NBA as a player before he became an NBA assistant coach and was a Perth assistant coach for a while there. Um, so he's got a good basketball brain. And it'll be interesting to see how he gets this group together, playing well, uh, and hopefully for them playing some winning basketball, get you know Tazzy excited about their team.
1: Yeah, and once upon a time when the when teams would uh, well teams would start or come back, they'd look for an experienced head coach who's you know done this, done that, whatever. You know Scott Roth doesn't necessarily have that, but that's not the chip like that's not the knock that it used to be nowadays you you know associations are giving assistant coaches you know the chance here here's the car keys take it for a spin let's see what you can do mm. and like yes sometimes it fails but there's been a lot of hits in, where things have gone really well so across all sports so now it's one of those things where people aren't just looking for that experienced coach coming back they're also looking for the next the next big thing. Um, and we'll just have to wait and see on whether Scotty Roth is the next big thing.
0: Cool. We won't predict because it's a bit hard to predict not knowing much about this roster. Um, of course, we'll have to in our prediction show, but we might leave it for now, Mel, unless you're super confident.
1: Yeah. Uh... No, I'm okay to leave it. And but an extra thing too, uh, fans-wise, um, Hobart. This is their this is their major sporting team. Correct. So they don't have an NRL, an AFL. Or, you know, this is it. A- NBL is the biggest is the biggest sport in town.
0: Oh, they do have a cricket team, don't they?
1: NBL is the biggest. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jack Jumpers. They're the big guys in town now. So you
0: know deadliest can kill a man in four minutes if you didn't hear before
1: <laughs> unfortunately I did yes
0: <laughs> all right well that's a wrap that's all NBL teams off seasons completed so um, we'll have to fill the NBL segment with something different next week <laughs> now but I'm sure something massive will happen or we'll do some sort of top something we'll find something to do there yeah in that space, we'll but. fill that void that la. don't lie that all right, Ball Don't Lie Australia listeners, this is a big one. We have NBL and NBL One star from the Logan Thunder, Jeremy Kendall joining the show. Jeremy, thank you so much for your time. We've been looking forward to this one for a while.
3: Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on.
1: Not at all, thank you.
0: All right, so how, how this works, Jeremy, we, we have some formal questions for you. We're going to chat about your... Um, Early life, go through some bits of your journey through basketball and work our way to current day with your NBL 1 season. Um, We'll have a bit of fun questions coming up for you after that. So, hope you're all ready and we'll get stuck into it.
3: Sounds good. Let's get it.
0: All right. So, just like our guest last week, you are from Indiana. (laughs) We had Jerron Jameson last week who hails from the same state. Um, what was it like for you there? What, How did you go in high school? You, you had some ups and downs over there um, in those years.
3: Yeah, I mean, Indiana is a uh, phenomenal uh, state to grow up in and love the game of, of basketball. It has such a rich tradition and um uh it's really the, you know everybody plays plays basketball at some point in their lives or has a basketball hoop in their in their driveway uh, around the around the block at the park so it's really a kind of steaming it into the the, the culture and your upbringing so it's definitely special coming from um, a family who loved the game and I fell in love with it at a very young age uh, my dad coached me all through my youth and um, yeah, I just I just uh, had such a passion for it, and uh, I've been fortunate enough to be able to turn that passion into profit now. So it's been awesome.
0: Yeah, cool. And Geron uh, wasn't, but you, did you grow up as a Pacers fan, or are you today, or do you follow the NBA much?
3: So I didn't grow up as a, a Pacers fan. I grew up when I first started watching NBA was when uh, Anthony Hardaway. In uh, Shaq were were big, you know, like early, mid-90s. So uh, Orlando Magic was actually my favorite team. Penny Hardaway was my favorite player. Uh, but, I mean, being from only two hours south of Indianapolis, I was fortunate enough to go to a few pacer games and watch, uh, you know, um, Reggie Miller and Rick Smith and Mark Jackson and that and, and those guys play. So... Um yeah, it was, it was so close. You couldn't help but if you were a basketball fan, go if you had the opportunity to.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people talk about, you know, the big point guards, and they jump from Magic to LeBron James, and they sort of forget about Penny. He was in between those guys, and if it wasn't for injuries, I think uh, the world would probably talk about him in the same sort of light. Um, he was an absolute killer.
3: Yeah, he was um you know, well on his way, um judging from the few healthy seasons he had early on, you know, he was well on his way to becoming a, a superstar in the league and probably being put in a, a categorized in a and, you know, with the Magics and the Michaels and the Birds. So um he was definitely uh and he was definitely a cultural icon with Little Penny and the
2: mm-hmm.
3: and the um you know, the the all the stuff that he had going on. Uh with his shoes and uh, all that sort of stuff, so no, he was he was definitely uh, someone I looked up to growing up and, and watched very closely. All
1: right, in college, uh, you missed your first season due to a foot injury, and then, of course, broke your right foot at your first practice back before returning and breaking it again. That's that's an awfully tough start. How did how did you get over that? Um, how did you get over that really difficult start to your
2: college career?
3: Yeah, that was, um, those were, you know, dark days for me because I had this, uh, vision and goal and dream to, you know, excel at the college level and play after, you know, professionally. And, uh, when by sight, everything looked so blurry and uncertain and, uh, you know, you, you you're having moments of adversity and heartache, and uh, just failing physically um, and and emotionally and mentally as well. It was very, uh, very challenging. You know, um, three years of not playing due to injury. My first three years of college was really, really challenging, um, and. But you know at the same time, it I grew a lot in my character and my convictions and understanding of how to take care of your body and uh, you know that sort of stuff uh, and being able to overcome some difficulty, understanding that that pain is temporary and if you stick with the process and you keep believing in yourself, there's joy coming. Um, so getting out of those those injuries and falling into uh, you know, my my next year healthy season at Bellamy University for my fourth year, and that was the joy on the other end of sticking with what I believe despite you know, the circumstances and how bad things look from a injury perspective.
0: Yeah, well you're mentioning that light at the end of the very long tunnel for you there in college and um, at Bellamy, and you actually took the school to a Div 2 championship at the, at the big tournament, so can you tell us a bit about that tournament? Um, some of the teams and players uh, that you remember playing against, and some of the highlights, apart from obviously the the final siren in the in the final.
3: Yeah, look, we we had a man. I'll I'll, I'll rewind it a little bit. Mm-hmm. My first year at Bellman, we won the conference tournament for the first time in school history, and we actually lost in the second round of the. Uh, of March Madness. We lost in the second round of the tournament and uh, we were, it was the game that we should have won, a team that we beat previously in the season. And our mr members said in the, the locker room and everybody was just quiet. It was just like this, uh, this feeling of failure. We just, it hurt us so bad that we were kind of paralyzed mm-hmm. for that moment after the game. And I just remember like, you know, you usually have a couple weeks off um, post post loss, last loss of the season, and we get back into the swing of things. But so I just remember us all coming and working out like sooner than what we should have been. And I just remember that whole summer, like the culture was, we're going to win a championship this next year. We're bringing pretty much everybody back, all of our main guys, and um, you know that next season we went thirty three and two. And I think we had the longest win streak in, uh, in school history. We had just a phenomenal season. And, um, you know, that was a special, special team, special, special, uh, season. Um, and our culture was so strong. We broke every huddle with trust. Um, phenomenal leadership. You know, Brayden Hobbs is still playing over in Euro League. Chris, Chris Dowell is still playing. He's in Ukraine right now. Um, I'm playing here in Australia. So we just had a phenomenal group of guys, you know, great basketball players, they're even better people. And, uh, you know, that kind of put the program on the map and now Bellman is Division One now. So, um, yeah, it was a very, very special season. Uh, I had a wonderful three-year career at Bellman.
0: Yeah, that's, that's unreal. And after those first few seasons battling the adversity of the injuries, you sort of have that that one final moment of of glory um, in taking home the championship. I can't imagine how good that would have felt. Um, One thing I found interesting, though, was that the MVP went to a player on your opposition team that lost the final. It was the first time this happened since 1995. Did you feel a bit upset by this? (laughs) Did Did that hurt you that it wasn't you?
3: Hey, look. Uh, um, his name was Jet. I forget his last name, but um, he was phenomenal through the whole tournament. Uh, Is um, BYU Hawaii? Mm. They actually had a couple players. I I ended up actually playing with uh, uh Marcus uh, Whippy, who. I played with in Christchurch for the Canterbury Rams. He was on that team.
0: Jeez, small world. You
3: know, and um, so they had a good team, but Jet was the the one who got MVP. He was phenomenal. I think the game before against West Liberty, I think he ended up having forty, forty-five. It might even been fifty points in that game, and single-handedly, you know, his performance lifted him and, and gave him the W and put him in the championship game. So he was great all all tournament. He was literally on fire. Um, so for them to give him MVP, that was fine with me. Like we, 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 uh, we probably had a couple guys who could have been named MVP of that tournament the way we played. Um, but certainly we can never, you know, I'm always giving credit where credit's due and he certainly deserved that. I'm just, I'm just glad we got the W.
0: All right. Well, appreciate how humble you are and hopefully we'll, uh, Whittle that down a little bit as this interview goes on. <laughs> um, if it makes you feel any better, I don't know if you know this, but it happened again the very next season. The, uh, a player from the losing team won the MVP of the tournament. So happened twice in a row. But after you won that and your, your college days were done, you moved to Toowoomba in Queensland. Is that correct? Was there a straight move there or something in between?
3: No, well, we won the championship. I had one more year at Bellevue. Yes, uh, lost in the final four my last season, and then I played two years in Morocco. Oh, so right. those were the, yeah. Those my rookie season in Morocco. I my team won the championship. It was the first time we won the championship in I think thirteen years for the club. And my second season, I went to a team that just got um, moved up from Division Two to Division One and we made it to the championship game so it was the best season in the club's history so i had two really good years in morocco um but it's the wild wild west out there there's no film there's no statistics um it's yeah. it's not a basketball country um northern africa uh you were you were very fortunate to get you know half of your salary and get and get out of there oh, um alive <laughs> <If I'm laughs> honest. um I'm exaggerating there, but but seriously, it was uh, it was a great learning experience, different faith, different culture. Um, I, I really grew a lot in those in those seasons, but it was uh, it was not the best brand of basketball. And I knew I could have went back for a third year. In fact, um, I got to the day where I was about to fly out to go back for a third year, and I got cold feet and I backed out and I said, I'm, I'm never. This is a black hole. I'm never gonna get." anywhere if I keep going back to Morocco. And and I took the uncertainty of staying in, at home and training at Bellarmine University. And uh, Damien Anderson, actually, um, who's from, from uh, Australia, from Brisbane, he was an assistant at Bellarmine at the time, and he got in touch with Anthony Corcoran and in Toowoomba. And yeah, that's, right. how got, that's how I got got out here to Toowoomba. I, kn- I didn't have an agent. Uh, it was just a moose. That's what we call him, Damien Anderson. He, he just... Went out on a limb and he said, "Look, you guys got to take this guy to thank me later." And uh, they did that. They took his word for it, and uh, I still own the beer. So, oh, <laughs> <Coach Anderson laughs> a beer, so thank Coach uh, Anderson a beer for getting me over here. But uh, no, he's he's a great great guy. Shout out to him, and that's how I got to to Wimba.
0: Yeah. So when you came out, it was twenty fifteen. Um, coming from Indiana and uh, Bellamines in. Louisville, Kentucky. That's what sort of area is it? Yeah, yeah. And then Morocco. Did you have any sort of perceptions of Australia and what you thought it would be like? Were you scared of you know leaving the house and some animal killing you? What <laughs> What was some of the things you thought of Australia that weren't like that when you got here?
3: <laughs> um, well, I haven't. Uh, I haven't gotten chased down by any snakes or anything yet. So I've been pretty fortunate. Um, Actually, I think I got a spider bite once when I was into him, but actually a funny story, but we'll leave that for (laughs) another time. Um, I, you know, Braden Hobbs, my teammate at Bellarmine played out here. Uh, Jazz Ferguson played uh, out here a few years back uh, in the Seabull, won a championship for Aubrey. Um, You know, I knew guys who played out here, and they said they loved it. And I knew that, uh, being English-speaking, it was, you know, Australia's known for its sporting culture. And I knew if you just got out to a country like this and you worked hard and developed and, you know, really, you know, showed that you could change the culture for the better and and do things the right way, that there was a chance you could stay for a while. And, um, you know, when I came out here, it was, uh, you know, obviously a, a lower level than the top league. But um, I knew if I did things the right way, and that I would get the exposure I maybe needed in order to to reach my, you know, goals and de- and desires of playing in the in the top league.
0: Yeah. So for our listeners that are unaware, uh, Toowoomba at the time was in what we called the QBL, which is a state league here, which is equivalent or it was essentially the NBL 1 North at the time um, before all that branding occurred. Um, And in this league, you know, we've seen NBL players like uh, Sean Bruce was pretty famous for tearing up this league, Jason Caddy the last few years, and yourself. You jumped in, you had a triple-double in your first game and you winded up being MVP of the league that year. So what did you think of the competition and, and, you know, travelling around... Queensland, um, did you have a favorite place um, that you traveled to?
3: Um, the competition was um, that year. There was maybe just a bit bigger of a discrepancy between top and bottom. Uh, the imports were always, you know, you were getting quality imports, guys who played at high majors and whatnot. My, my teammate Aaron Maxey was, obviously, he's had a phenomenal basketball career is still playing uh, shout out to him he's uh still doing his thing uh professionally um i think he's nearly a 20-year pro now but um yeah the league was solid um favorite place probably uh i i loved coming to brisbane um actually the first game that i watched was a uh Southern Districts game they were in the Siebel then they were playing Frankston in Southern Districts we were it was like a week or two before our season the QBL started and we went to this game and you know that was like a step up from Toowoomba you know so um, the guys were telling me that that league was a little better and that you know this and that and that and this and uh, that was my my first game that I got to, to watch first basketball game here in Australia so Always loved coming to Brisbane um, and uh, experiencing the, the basketball culture here in Southeast Queensland.
1: All right. Well, from there, you eventually got your call up to uh, to the NBL, and you've spent uh, probably the majority of your, your time uh, over two trips with the Bullets. Um, what are some of your highlights from your time in the NBL uh, and or with the Bullets?
3: The highlights for me, um, from a, I guess, just a uh, playing perspective, would be the 2018-19 season with the Bullets, uh, making the finals for, you know, the first and only time since they've been back in the competition um, since they came back in 2016. Um, and I think also just the highlights. Uh, I've been, you know, kind of a journeyman. I've been played for the Bullets on. Two separate occasions, uh, like of the Kings, Adelaide Breakers. I've been a practice player for the boys I've been, you know, community coach for the boys So uh, just the people I've met, I've been able to meet, I think, is, is the biggest highlight for me. And uh, you know, as you get older, you realize that you know uh, you need people, and people need you. We're all in this together. So I've met some phenomenal people along the way, and some. Some people who have really, really uh, backed me, supported me uh, on and off the court, and have made me, uh, you know, a better person and a better basketball player, and really looked out for my family. So, that's that's the highlights for me.
1: Nice. Uh, we used to actually have um, in our first first few years of the bullets being back. Uh, me and my family actually had season tickets and we were actually there for your first game and i went down onto the court and i i got your signature so i just wanted to say thank you for that it was that was very cool um and just a little something for the listeners uh too actually while i was waiting my turn uh, a guy came up to you and um just wanted you to go off court and and sign something because uh, his partner was actually in a wheelchair and she was off the court and you were like yep no worries went straight off did it you had a chat got some photos and then uh, after a few minutes of chatting you know you came back and i just thought that was really cool that like there was straight away no ego it was yep no dramas and yeah you know i'm sure they said thank you at the time but for someone who was just watching that was that was really cool and you know thank you on their behalf again um moving forward a little bit though uh NBL one season. Obviously dominant this you were dominant this season. You were you were the MVP uh of the North. Really great season with Logan. Um things were going on track, all looking really good. And then unfortunately you came across Cairns. Uh what happened in that game?
3: Um they score more points. Than I, <laughs> well, I think we're talking <laughs> to Coach Popovich. <laughs> <laughs> I just did the switcheroo on you guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, they played phenomenal. We played bad. Um, they deserve the credit. Uh, they they deserve to win and move on to the finals. Point blank, period. Um, it was the game that I was afraid of. Um, you know, we the defensive strategy that they had. We were we missed a lot of open shots, especially from the perimeter. We didn't. I take this upon myself. Like we didn't make the adjustments in game that we should have um, to get the ball where it needed to to relieve some of that that scoreboard pressure. Because we hadn't been down all season. You know, we we um, we had the one loss before that. Um, that was a back-to-back game, Sunshine Coast road trip, uh, against a, a solid Phoenix team. We played well that night, too, had a number. But we'd never been down 10, 12, 14, 15 points, and we were down that in the second quarter. So it was the game that I feared most, that scoreboard pressure started getting to us, and I think we just tightened up. And, you know, you can't do that in basketball, uh, especially not with our skill set. We rely a lot on uh, a perimeter shooting, shooting. Um, in our shooting in general and it just wasn't there and they were hitting shots and once they hit one it becomes contagious and um you know credit to them you know they played they played great and they deserved to win and um you know you learn from from those games those games make you hungry to come back and be more solution focused for next season and you know, making sure that you can do whatever you can in the off-season and not let that stuff happen again. But they, they certainly uh, deserve to win that game.
0: Yeah, glad you're hungry. We're lo- really looking forward to having you at the Brisbane Capitals next season. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> Didn't hear a no. Every guest laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> Damn.
3: No, it's no. Okay, well... Um,
0: we're the unofficial recruitment team <laughs> Just <laughs> don't tell the Caps we're doing it <laughs> uh,
1: Unless it works, then tell them
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, but speaking of which so Mel and I are the um, broadcast or commentary team For the NBL1 North Brisbane Capitals And between that and travelling around to games Watching on TV um, or Mainly the ones live that we've seen you in the building And I've told you this off-air uh, a few weeks ago, I think it was, and you're just the best player by far on the court, and it it's you can tell on TV, but like when you're in the building and watching, and look, you play with some great players on your team, some players in the NBL already, and obviously every opposition team you're up against generally has NBL players on it, and from us from the outside looking in, you, you're just the best talent on the court. And in this MVP season, you've averaged 22, 6, and 8. So, like, most games you're flirting with a triple-double there. And yet, you know, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but we've been running a bit of a campaign to try and help get you a contract in the NBL because we think it's a bit criminal you don't have one. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you feel like it is the import status that might be holding you back from that?
3: Um, No, because I am an American and... I'm going to be an important this league for at least the next couple seasons. Mm. Um, my time is coming. I'm very hopeful that I'll get another NBL contract. And this time it'll be, I'll be utilized in a way that um, I believe is going to be best for uh, that team. And um, I'm convicted in what I can do. I believe I can excel and lead a team to a championship at the NBL level, the way that I've led teams to championships of, Division two level in Morocco and Benigol Braves and um, my my value doesn't decrease because one person or one GM or one coach or a market of coaches per se uh, don't see my worth. Like I, I know my worth. I, I believe in myself and I'm, what I'm capable of. Um, I've just had a unique journey, guys. You know, I, I, I wasn't highly recruited in high school. I was a late bloomer. I only played two years of varsity basketball. Um, you know, I was actually told my sophomore year in high school that I'd never play varsity basketball by the head varsity coach. And, um, I went to junior college, I was injured. I ended up division two Bellaman, had a great career, but it's division two. So people always doubt you for that. Uh, I didn't play in the summer league, G league, NBA, Euro league. I have none of it on my resume. So, um, for me, my journey has been different than the typical division one. Summer League, you know Euro League, come to NBL. You got NBA on your resume, come to the NBL. Those are the guys that they're recruiting now, and good on them because the league is growing and uh, they're getting big names and resumes. But um, you know, if you follow my journey and if you take it for what it is, you know, there's uh, one common theme with with the teams that I've been a part of is they've won. And um, when I've been utilized and played in a significant role and I take pride on being a winner and a competitor and a leader and I know I'm going to continue to do that whether it's at the NBL one level or the NBL level Um, and uh, I appreciate you guys supporting me and it means a lot and uh, you know I'm I'm not failing to act upon what I believe in Um, I'm putting the work in and whenever I get that call um, I know I'm going to be ready
0: yeah and we We know that call is going to come because you, like, without sounding like a suck up, you're just way too good to not be in the NBL at this point. And even in your short stints in the NBL, you know, it's not like a GM would have been ripping their hair out. Like, you fit in perfectly, you you did everything you asked for. So, that call will have to be coming, and we look forward to the next chapter uh, for you in the NBL. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm looking forward to it too. Alright. Well that um wraps up all of our formal questions, Jeremy. If you do have another spare few minutes, we, we generally do some um a little segment we're gonna call Let It Rain where we're just gonna bomb away some quick fire questions at you. Cool. That's do that. Should, shouldn't be too much thinking involved.
1: That's the plan anyway. <laughs> uh First one's a, it's the biggest doozy question we have, so we knock it out early. Who would be your top five players of all time? Michael. Yep.
3: Um, LeBron.
2: Hmm.
3: Kobe. <clears throat> Got to put magic on there.
1: Put Ooh. magic. Ooh. There's some handles on that.
0: All, all five guys can just be known as their first name. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Favorite artist or band?
3: Favorite artist or band? Um, Lecrae is a rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, NF also a rapper and Andy Mineo is also a rapper Christian Christian artist All Right. cool
1: alright uh, what's your go to cheat meal
3: hope um, protein pancakes um, doesn't sound like a cheat meal <laughs> <laughs> no but, but you uh, do
1: you that's, that's fine
3: and um there's a restaurant called Nodo here in uh Brisbane. It's my wife and my it's our favorite uh restaurant, so like sweet potato fries, burger mm. good enough for me very good we'll,
0: like we'll tag them in this episode and you won't pay for food there ever again hopefully <laughs> hopefully <laughs> uh best court kicks
3: that I've worn.
0: Uh yeah, ones you've worn or, or ones you want. Just what what do you think are the best kicks on court you've ever seen?
3: Man, you know, for me right now I love the PG, I think PG five. Mm. They are. You um, got the rid newest, of that zipper. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, the newest all George's. Uh, they're extremely comfy. Um also the Kobe eight. Oh,
0: eights. Okay. I haven't heard that one before. I that one. That's a fresh one. I
3: think the Kobe eights, um, the lower cut ones. Yep. That's what I was wearing my first couple of years playing. I think I actually wore them when I played for Toowoomba that first year. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, probably probably those two.
1: Nice. Uh, favorite movie?
3: Hoosiers.
0: Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> For obvious reasons.
3: Losers, uh Look, I'm a big uh, inspirational underdog, you know, uh, sport movie guy. Like, remember the Titans. Mm-hmm. Anything that uh, can just uh, lift your spirit up and has to do with sports. Any, anything with Denzel in it too. Denzel's Ooh, my favorite. My God.
1: Agreed.
0: Agreed. <laughs> um, or just as a bonus For that question, if there was a movie about you, who would play you? So what actor would you get to play you in a movie?
3: Definitely Marky Mark, for sure, Mark Wahlberg.
0: Mark Swalberg, I like
3: that. (laughs) He's got the guns and everything, eh?
0: (laughs) He might have to work out a bit more first. (laughs) Uh, What was your first job?
3: Ooh! First job, um, I umpired men's low pitch softball. My my dad was an umpire for a long time, um, and uh, I got into that. And also, I worked a seasonal job at a fireworks store Ooh. when I was probably and that would have been 14, 15 years old. So those are my 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 two first first jobs.
2: At well, least
1: one of them's a cracker.
0: Jesus. All right. Uh, What is number one on your bucket list?
3: I want to run a. I'm a part of a ministry called Hoops for Christ. I want to run a Hoops for Christ clinic in Madison Square Garden, and I want to have Steph Curry there, and my favorite Christian artist, Lecrae, there.
0: And ball don't lie, Australia and ball don't lie
3: Australia NPL Homicide like on everybody everybody joined the party he was just over
0: there actually Homicide I saw him over at uh, Rucker Park hanging out
3: let's bring let's bring everybody everybody's invited
1: sounds nice all right
0: Uh, all right final question Um, but this last question might be the hardest one and we're gonna have to recruit your help with your answer, hopefully. So, um, Jeremy, who should Mel and I have on Ball Don't Lie Australia next?
3: Um, You guys should have... I'm not sure all the guards that you guys have had so far. Have you guys had Nathan Sobey?
0: We have not.
3: Yeah. Definitely hit up Nathan Sobey. Bronze medalist. Mm. Coming off a phenomenal season the NBL. Best season of his career thus far. Plays in the NBL 1. Brisbane Bullet.
0: Yeah, we would yeah. love that. You, you got a link up?
3: That's definitely, that's definitely who I would uh, encourage you guys to have on it.
1: Right. We'll, we'll definitely look into it. We'll definitely look yeah. into it.
0: Jeez, that'd be a huge guess. We'd love that. Mm. All right. Well, that's a wrap, uh, Jeremy. It's been really great having you on the show. We appreciate your time. Um, and you're now an official friend of the show. Always will be. Always welcome back.
3: Hey, I, pre- I appreciate you guys having having me on. Uh, Dan, Mal, appreciate it um, Sorry, Mike Oh, God.
0: we got a special <laughs> guest appearance Hey,
3: special guest appearance Can you say hi? Can you say hi? Can you say hi to Dan and Mal? Nope? Okay. <laughs> no? Okay No, camera. you guys having me on um, Yeah, just let me know If you guys need anything Really appreciate the support
0: uh, Always, thank you
2: Bottle lie That don't lie
1: Crack'em time. All right. As you know, this week we went back in time. We went back all the way back to the 91-92 NBA hoops. And we found ourselves a sealed pack. We cracked it open.
2: Mm.
1: Some may say blasphemy. Eh, we did it anyway. Cracked it open. We oh, I don't know about you, mate, but it took me back. It took me way back.
0: It's when but, you had more than one good card in a pack.
1: Yeah, and there was team cards, and oh, they, they did little things like at the bottom right-hand corner of all these cards, they actually say the position. Of uh, just you know silly little things. I know, I know, mm. but you know ah. Uh, anyway, I couldn't go past uh, Patrick Ewing or. Uh, Big Pat or Hoya Destroyer or just Pat, as all of his nicknames are. Mm. Uh, where to start? Uh, Hall of Fame uh, Patrick Ewing. 11 time All Star Patrick Ewing. Most people will remember him or at least want to remember him um in that Knicks jersey uh he did have two uh not great seasons let's be honest um for the SuperSonics and then Orlando to finish off in 02 in the 0102 season um but realistically his best days were in a Knicks jersey really at the uh the biggest problem Uh, for him and the Knicks at that stage was there was this other guy called Michael Jordan and his team, Chicago Bulls, don't know if you know this, uh, kind of owned, was it six years of the 90s and that's when Pat Ewing was, you know, in his prime Mm. and, you know, they they played rough and ready against the Bulls. Um, but they just couldn't get it done, you know, very talented, great big man, um, you know, was in Space Jam, uh, you know, just a, just a little tidbit, more recently though, since, uh, since he actually finished up playing, he's moved into a coaching role, he's, he spent, it uh, almost, Uh, almost 15 years either in some different role either as assistant or co-coach or something in the nba didn't exactly garner a whole heap of uh, i almost want to say respect in that space he um didn't really get huge results on on most of the teams uh you know he was with or didn't get credit for for things then he's gone back to Georgetown, where he actually played and still holds, uh, I believe, second all time in uh, scoring and a couple of other stats there. Um, but he's seen as uh, the best player to ever step out for Georgetown. He's actually gone back, and he's been going back for the last four seasons. He had a very interesting uh, was it went for a, was playing in a tournament to get into the NCAA tournament. And his team actually won, but he was stopped by a security guard in Madison Square Gardens because he wasn't displaying his ID badge. And I was like, dude, do you know who, I, I built this place. And, uh, you know, uh, that went a little bit viral there for a minute, you know, but made it into the NCAA tournament. Um, I believe it's been uh, at least two, possibly three out of the five, uh, sorry, four seasons proper seasons that have been played and hasn't caught the world on fire in that space but with the rosters he had making it was a big deal (sighs) Patrick Ewing for me will always be just that big guy presence you know working hard inside big rebounds just manning up players on defense and on the offensive end and just a huge unit of a man. Um, he was in that. He was in that era of when I used to watch when I was a kid, and yeah, nice, solid, fond memories. So when I saw his card come up, had to pull the trigger. Just had to. Over to you, Dan.
0: Don't know how I can follow that up, Mal. I definitely can't bang on about my guy that long, but <laughs> give it a whirl. Um, I've gone with someone a bit different, sort yeah. of the forgotten. Not star, but a forgotten player of that Orlando Magic team that was quite good in the, in the mid-90s there. Mm-hmm. Gone with Nelson Anderson. Goes by Nick Anderson. So, yeah, Nellison. Did not know that was his first name until tonight. So oh, there you go, eh? There you go. Some people might have learnt that. Other people are liars if they say they knew it.
1: Classic 90s thing to do, though, To if your name was difficult to say, change your name. Yeah.
0: Whereas that's now,
2: that's
1: smart. Eh. Whereas now it's it's seen as a well, no, that that's my name. That's of course that's what I go by. But world's different.
0: So um, Nick Anderson was actually the very first draft pick in this Orlando Magic franchise um, because they were an expansion team in 1989. Which was, in all honesty, one of the reasons I picked this card. He was drafted the year I was born. So um, he was. The first pick in franchise history, of course, you know, they took some other players like Dennis Scott, Shaq, and Chris Weber, who they traded for Penny Hardaway, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. They became quite good. Um, he did have a career high of fifty points off the bench in nineteen ninety three. So Ooh, off the that bench was, is impressive. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Nick Anderson was one of those guys that fueled the MJ fire mm. in um, in the 94-95 season. His comments. So um, this was in the, the uh, playoffs and Anderson stole the ball off Jordan from behind, went down the other end and hit a game winner for the Magic. And he said that Jordan didn't look like old Jordan. 45 doesn't explode like 23 used to. So, next game, Jordan wore 23, scored 38, and the Bulls won.
1: Did he actually say that, or did Jordan say that he <laughs> said that and he actually didn't say that?
0: Who knows, but it's a good story either way, yeah. right? Yeah, a um, of good story. Of course, the Magic went on to win that series, uh, but, yeah, uh, Jordan having that off-season and coming back the next season and the next season. And the next season, well, we've seen what happened. Yeah. Oh. Um, He ended up with the Wizards. (laughs) Well, that was a bit later down the track. It was. Um, But Nick Anderson, he sort of um, struggled in that final series against the Rockets. Um, People even calling him Brick Anderson, I remember, which is pretty rough, especially after the um, sort of comments with Jordan there.
1: It does write itself, though, Brick, Nick. (laughs) I mean, you know
0: his career sort of really went downhill and he ended up getting traded and blah, blah, blah. He was at one point um, the very last player from that original Orlando roster. So he spent 10 years there and he was the last player from that first year remaining. He now works for the Orlando Magic. So he works in their community relations department, does a bit of commentary But all time for the magic. Don't we all? He's actually um, first in games played, which is pretty impressive in my opinion.
2: Mm.
0: He's had the most three-point attempts, (laughs) the second most makes. So Dennis Scott has the most makes and he has the most field goals missed. Um, But getting to some more impressive stuff... um, he left as the all-time leading scorer of the Magic. Um, however, there was one Dwight Howard who came along and took that mantle from him.
1: Foe oh, Superman.
0: Yeah, and look, I- I'm going to be honest, I knew T-Mac didn't play there long enough to get this title. I thought Vucevic was their leading scorer all-time, but Vucevic is third on that list. Uh, he's pretty much... 1,000 points behind Dwight and Nick Anderson was about 800 points behind Dwight now. So, yeah, Dwight Howard scored a lot more points than I thought he did. So, well done. But Finnick Anderson, got a bit forgotten in amongst the Penny and Shaq era there, mm-hmm. but was definitely a heavy contributor. Some of his best years, you know, he's averaging 15, 4 and 4, you know, doing his bit. Um, but, yeah, I always like to pick someone different. So, that is... One, Nick Anderson, cracked and wrapped. Nice. Which brings us to the end of the show now.
1: It surely does, mate. Podcast 38.
0: In the bag. You know all those banger jerseys we were talking about at the start of the pod, so.
1: Yep. Oof.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. I literally don't remember any, but. A lot of
1: famous ones. There
0: was none. None. Uh, Big shout out. Massive shout out to Jeremy Kendall. Absolute Gun of a player. Loved having him on the show. Can't wait to see him back on an NBL court. It will happen for him. Uh, he's got more than enough talent and hard work. We also broke down the Southwest Division. Had some fun sound bites for you. Some good YouTube ads. Um, but hopefully, the YouTube will send through our check for playing those ads. You're, you're welcome. Mm. That's, that was all part of my plan. Now I'm just getting us sponsored. You know.
1: Well, you know, extra sponsorship. You know, of course, we have the amazing people from Step Back.
0: Oh, yes, sir. They give us those or create those beautiful graphics you see in our podcast thumbnail each week. So mm-hmm. massive shout out to them. Remember to check Step Back out on the socials uh, for all your vintage sportswear.
1: And remember their their lineup of uh, what they sell changes in the vintage space. So, uh, you know, once it sells, it's gone. Mm. So keep going back every couple of weeks. Have a, have a look. See what's there. Go from there.
0: Whilst you're following them on socials, remember, if you haven't already, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you get your podcasts from, like and follow us on all those pages. It's what keeps us going. Uh, really appreciate those who do click all those buttons for us. If you haven't, I urge you to do so pretty please. Um if you do so and you don't want any more soundbites, let me know. I'll get rid of them. Um, if you love them, let us know. We'll do more. I'm sure Mel will love that.
1: Yeah I'm, yeah. I'm sure I could learn to coexist with it.
0: Yep. And I might be a DJ in a few weeks. Who knows? We'll see oh what happens. Oh, God, no. <laughs> hey, I've got to be better than Shaq, right?
1: DJ, De- That's blasphemy. DJ <laughs> Diesel, baby.
0: Oh. Uh, he's, he's an animal, isn't he? <sighs> so but
1: good at so many things.
0: While you're spreading our name, we need to get it out there. Tag some people in our posts. Send our pod to them. Just force them to listen. If you force 10 people to listen, one or two of them's got to like it, hopefully. I, I like a 10, 20% hit rate. It's <laughs> pretty realistic, right? Yeah. But while you're at it, run, run to the backyard, tell your dog. Run out to the front yard, tell your neighbor. Mel, who else should they tell this week?
1: Well, on the back of Kraken... Uh, and- I think you should be telling whoever's behind the counter at your local toy store, big uh, was it Target, um, anywhere that sells basketball cards, because mm. I know us doing Kraken will have gotten people back out there buying cards just like they did when they were kids, whether they are you know getting retro ones off the internet or just grabbing the new ones uh, as they drop every week, whether they're NBR hoops or prisms or whatever.
0: All right, well, I'll try that, Mel. I don't know how effective it'll be with the vending machine at Chermside Shopping Centre, but I will tell it about the show. I mean, it can't... get a blue tack. Leave we it can't there. lose listeners from it, so <laughs> we'll see how we go. We'll be back, same place, same time, next week. Massive show lined up for you. Another guest, of course. Make sure to check the socials for some clues on who that may be. Send us through some people you want to hear on on the show as well and we'll see what magic we can work out. But we look forward to your company again next week. And until that time, just remember, that ball don't lie.
1: Never does.